Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And today we are talking all things reverse dieting. So, my goal with this podcast is to take you through all phases of reverse dieting. We're going to be talking about that post diet period alongside with reversing, getting to a maintenance level, and then incorporating intuitive based practices. And I also posted a QA box on my Instagram where you guys can ask me any questions that you might have with reverse dieting. However, I might kind of answer some of these throughout the episode, but I will get to the question and answer portion of this towards the end of this podcast. Now, this episode is going to be helpful for someone who is just a lifestyle person or even a bikini competitor because it does pertain to the both of you guys. Um, the lifestyle person would be someone who is just going through a dieting phase and then wanting to jump into a reverse dieting phase. And then for all of my bikini competitors, figure competitors out there, you will have to incorporate in a reverse diet post show to walk you out of that show and get you to a better place metabolically. Okay, so let's go through just like the definition of what a reverse diet is. A reverse diet is where you are slowly increasing your intake and decreasing your cardio in hopes to get you to a better place metabolically and get you to a healthier place overall. For example, if you are eating 1400 calories towards the end of your diet, you would want to reverse diet to a higher calorie level to where you have good biofeedback. So that would be good sleep, your stress is lower, um, you're not thinking about food all the time, you're feeling satiated, your digestion is good, uh, you have a monthly cycle. So that would be your biofeedback alongside just with the mental side with your relationship with food. Um, I, I think a lot of people reverse diet and they don't necessarily get to that maximum potential and they're still thinking about food all the time. And with a reverse, you want to get to a point where you don't necessarily think and stress about food all the time and ideally can incorporate more intuitive based practices. So let's go into the reverse diet timeline. And Again, this podcast is more so just like a rough outline. It's not necessarily something that you have to follow to a T and you are your own person. Your journey might be a little bit different. How your body response might be, might be a little bit different. And that is hundred percent. Okay. So you just finished your diet and that post diet period is going to be around four to eight weeks. This is where your body is going through a lot of changes. Some of these changes will be a increase in ghrelin. That is going to be your hunger hormone alongside with a increase in leptin. 
Leptin is the hormone that helps you feel satiated after your meals. Um, but sometimes it can take a while to kind of kick in. So leptin can still be low for those first four weeks. And then it starts to kind of upregulate as your carbohydrate intake is going up. Um, the other thing that you'll deal with post-dieting period is post-diet blues or post-competition prep blues. And this is kind of the, and I'm using this term loosely, but this is like the death of that previous journey that you're on and then embracing a new one. A lot of people will struggle with this because they might have had a lot of success within their diet, or if you just competed and you want to show like you're on an ultimate high, um, maybe you dieted for your wedding, you're on a high. And then when you hear reverse diet, you might think, oh my gosh, I'm going to just lose all this progress I made. And that's not necessarily true. Um, a reverse diet, again, those first four to eight weeks, it can be mentally hard. And that's where it's helpful to set goals in the gym of strength-based goals and also just mental goals as well and biofeedback. And for example, if you lost your period during your dieting phase, a good goal for you would be to get your period back. Um, or if you're always having cravings, a good goal for you would be to feel satiated after your meals. So start to set some goals before you reverse diet. I would say look at that around two weeks before you intend on ending your diet and then um, set those goals so you have something to focus on that's not weight loss related. So those first four to eight weeks are just walking you up to a a better intake overall. Um, I've done previous reverse dieting podcast episodes on if you should reverse fast or reverse slow. Um, in this case, we'll just talk about like a slower reverse. So we, we've slowly increased your intake each and every week, or you've slowly decreased your cardio. After that eight-week period, we're just simply reversing. And what are we looking at in this reverse dieting period? We are looking at your weight, your progress pictures, and again, your biofeedback. So will you gain weight in a reverse diet? This is a big fat, it depends. I've definitely worked with clients who have maintained their weight, and I've also worked with clients who have even lost a few pounds. Um, it just depends. And you know, if you're post-competition, like a bikini competitor, you have to gain weight. You can't be sub 15% body fat and be at a super low caloric level your whole life. That's just not healthy to maintain. And you need to know this going into the sport or else you are setting yourself up for failure. So gaining weight is okay. Um, for anyone who's around like a healthier body fat percentage, I will say I don't necessarily see weight gain as a huge thing while reverse dieting. When you're reversing, I would say monitor weight gain though. You know, you don't want to be gaining three pounds every single week. You don't want to be dealing with digestion issues or sleep issues or um, dealing with issues with spacing out your meals. So maybe you have like a really big breakfast and then you don't have another meal until seven hours later and it's another big meal. You know, this is where you're really working on incorporating these more calories in a balanced way. And I think one big thing that I see with reverse dieting is clients still have a scarcity mindset around food. So this could look like having um, intermittent fasting where they don't have their first meal until 
12 or 1 p.m. And then they wonder why they're having a hard time eating their 1800 or 2000 or or 2300 calories. I'm like, well, why are we fasting? We don't need to fast. You know, intermittent fasting can be a great tool, but you don't need to be doing that year round. And if you're also dealing with metabolic issues and hormonal issues after your diet or your competition prep, intermittent fasting is just going to be another stress for the body. And you don't necessarily need to be doing that in your reverse. So I would encourage you to have your first meal a bit earlier in the day. So with your reverse, you should be monitoring your feedback and this is all going to take time. For example, my last reverse took me about, and I'll be honest with you guys, it took me about a year to feel better. And the more extreme you go, the more time you're going to need to heal and reverse diet. And um, the more time you spend dieting, the more time you'll need to spend reversing. So let's say you did a three-month diet and you lost 15 pounds, okay? You did this three-month diet and now you're reverse dieting. In essence, your reverse diet should be roughly around three months or even a little bit longer. But the minimum it should be is three months. Um, Think of it like a teeter-totter. You can't do one and then not do the other. Okay, you have to balance out that teeter totter. So if you spent three months in your diet, you're going to have to spend three months roughly within your reverse diet. And in your reverse, you should be focusing primarily on increasing your carbohydrates and fats. I do put a heavy emphasis on carbohydrates initially when I reverse my clients because of all the hormonal benefits that they get with leptin. Um, Leptin is a hormone that deals with Uh, satiety, like I said earlier. And if you've been in a dieting phase and you're hungry, you want to just not feel hungry anymore. And leptin can help you with that. Um, And then I will also focus on slowly increasing fats too. I try not to increase fats really quickly because they are more calorically dense. So for example, one gram of fat is is nine calories. And then one gram of carbohydrates is four calories per gram. So if you look at that, you know, 10 grams of carbohydrates is only 40 calories and 10 grams of fat is around 90 calories. So when I do my increases, it's usually a split of both carbohydrates and fats, but I do focus more so on increasing carbohydrates. In this reverse diet, I would encourage you to set goals throughout the whole reverse. So set those goals initially, but then do reassessments throughout your reverse and focus a lot on performance, strength, and then mindset goals with food. Some of my clients, I will have them tell me that they want to be able to be more mindful and not stress out when they go out to restaurants or have vacations. And that's an amazing goal to have because think about it. If you're dieting, it can be limiting and another stressor on you if you're thinking about that all the time and trying to stay on track. So with a reverse diet, how liberating is it that you get to eat more food and incorporate more variety of food? And That's another huge thing is I'll encourage my clients to eat more of a variety, incorporate foods that you haven't had in a while, focus on different colors, focus on different things that you haven't had. Like uh, I see a lot of women in particular, they'll cut down on like rice and potatoes and maybe even nut butter or oils. And 
I, I love those foods. I'm sure that you guys love them too. And I think that you should incorporate them, especially as your calories get higher, you have more flexibility. And speaking of flexibility, one of my goals as a coach and for my clients is to get to a level of incorporating intuitive based practices. And I would say start to incorporate this when your calories get to a a higher level for you. So let's go back to that person who is dieting at 1400 calories. When you get to around 18, 1900 calories, you know, more so towards that 2000 calorie mark, I think incorporating some intuitive based practices is great. And that could look like an untracked meal. So that's a meal that you wouldn't log into your tracking app. Or um, you could look at this as like a free meal. I don't like the term cheat meals. I think that just like messes with people's heads. But having an untracked meal can be be nice and like a good break from using your MyFitnessPal. And ideally, I would like for my my clients who have been working with me for a while to get to a point where they can have untracked days where they can go on the weekend and not track or have like a day off during the week where they can be mindful and listen to their hunger cues. Because the more you can get connected with your body, the better of a relationship that you can have with food. I've been talking a while now. I'm going to take a quick sip of water. refreshing. I've been putting my Bomar Nutrition Nootropic in, and it's the Cranberry Lemonade. And it tastes just like crystal light pink lemonade. I don't know. It hits the spot. All right. So intuitive-based practices, you know, getting to a point where you can have untracked meals or untracked days, and it's not stressing you out. Like that's a major thing. It needs to not stress you out and having a more easygoing relationship with food where you can have a vacation where you can loosely track and be mindful. Like what a great place to be with food um, where you're not overthinking every move. And the big thing here is just because you're not tracking doesn't mean you eat crazy. (laughs) Um, For example, I'm going on vacation. So this upcoming week, I will be presented with opportunities to eat a lot of indulgent foods. Does that mean I'm going to completely ignore my vegetables and drink all the alcohol? Absolutely not. Uh, I still want to respect my body and take care of it and hydrate it and nourish it appropriately and then have some treats here and there. That's more of that black and white mentality. And if you're dealing with that, you might not be ready for incorporating intuitive-based practices, and that's okay. Um, but ideally that should be a place where you get to a food where you're not fearful that you're going to lose control around food. If you feel that way, then we have some repairing on your mindset to do. Okay. So incorporating intuitive based practices, I would recommend that around that 1800, 19 calorie mark. And then when to stop a reverse diet, when you get to a maintenance level. So maintenance is a place where your biofeedback is great. Maybe your hormones are balanced, you're having consistent periods, you're sleeping good throughout the night, your strength is great, you're not thinking about food all the time, you feel satiated after your meals. Um, Let's see, what else? Your, Your weight has been maintaining, your measurements have been maintaining, your body composition in general has been maintaining. What does that sound like? It's a maintenance level. And I think that a lot of 
women in particular will hold themselves back here where they they get nervous when their calories get high and they're like, oh, well, I can't go over 2000 calories. But trust me, there's a lot of you that can. Uh, for example, I'm just going to use myself. And again, this is my journey. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to compare number by number. But my reverse, I got from 1100 calories up to around 2600 calories. And I'm 5'6". And this is a great intake for me. I've noticed that my weight has been maintaining for months now. My body composition has been maintaining. My biofeedback has been really good. And my hormone levels are actually improved significantly since we started. And I did get labs done. I've talked about this in a previous podcast episode. I think about five episodes back from here, I talked about my blood work. But they've improved all these markers significantly since I started reversing and seeing that I can eat 2,600 calories, maintain my weight and feel good in my skin has been really liberating for me. So maintenance, again, is going to look different person to person. Maybe for you, it's 2,300 calories. Maybe for your friend, it's 2,800 calories. Again, you're not that person. Um, you have to listen to your coach and listen to the feedback that your body's giving you. Um, and and uh, don't, don't compare because your end level for maintenance is going to look different. And you don't want to just put it in a calculator on the internet of trying to find your maintenance calories because I promise you those are not accurate at all. I've had rare genetic anomalies that I've worked with that are like five foot and they're maintaining their weight on like 2,700 calories. Again, you're going to have unique situations, different metabolisms, and that's, that's something that you can't figure out until you just start tracking and be more mindful of your intake. Okay, so let's jump into some of the questions that you guys asked me. Okay, this first question, how do you know when it's time to stop a reverse diet? I would say you should get to a maintenance level and maintain for a little while before you start dieting again, because you don't want to get to a place where you diet for two months, reverse for two months, diet for two months, reverse for two months, like give your body a break and give yourself some time to make improvements. And if one of your goals is to maybe add on muscle or work on hormonal balance, that can take time and odds are it's going to take longer than two months. Okay. Question number two. What macronutrient would you recommend for extra calories in a reverse diet? I would recommend increasing both your carbohydrates and fats, given that your um, protein intake is around one gram per pound of body weight. Question three, how to still eat when you have so much to eat? <laughs> this is a weirdly phrased question. And not hungry and feels like full-time job. Okay. Let me re rephrase this for you guys. Cause you're like, what the heck, how, how to eat? How do you eat more food when you're working a full-time job and you feel full and you're not hungry? Okay. It is going to feel like a job. <laughs> it is hard. Like eating 2,600 calories is hard, but I focus on foods that are more calorie dense. So that would be more nut butters or jasmine rice and potatoes. Um, using little extras that I would normally cut out when I was dieting. So that could be a coffee creamer or um, maybe even adding some certain sauces with my dishes when I'm doing sautés. You know, adding in little calories is 
is going to be helpful, like little things that you normally cut out when you're dieting. And then also using bars. So I like my bone marrow nutrition protein bars and their nut butters. Um, juices are really helpful. That would be kind of my go-tos for you if you're struggling there. Next question. If you feel full, does that mean that your body doesn't need it and will store it as fat? No, <laughs> this is not true. Part of fullness can be the types of food that you're eating. So if you're eating foods that um, ferment or make you bloat, and that could be a lot of voluminous vegetables or something heavy like a burger and fries, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's just going to transition into fat. Um, it's just more so the volume in your stomach has been filled up with food. But I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable with feeling full because they're used to being hungry all the time. I took another drink, which is kind of messed up when you think about it. Like people are scared of feeling full. <laughs> they think they're going to turn fat and that's, that's not true at all. And trust me, I have been very full within this reverse diet and I, I I've been maintaining my weight for a very long time now. And I don't think it's just turning to fat. Okay. Question number five. How much of an increase should you go maintenance or more? Um, depends. If you are wanting to put on muscle, let's say you're really petite, then you will need to be at a higher calorie level. So let's say you're wanting to put on muscle and you are gaining around a half pound per pound per like week and your goal is to gain and you are underweight, then I would say that's, that's a good goal for you. It's, it's just different person to person. And if you're at like a, a higher body fat level, you know, I would try to keep your calories more conservative as you reverse. And, um, yeah, Oh, this question is a big fat. It depends. And I know that people hate that answer, but it's true. It really just depends. But how much of an increase should you go? I would say for the slower reverse, you want to keep it sub 200 calories each and every week, even sub 150 calories. And then for a more aggressive reverse, you would want to do around two to 300 calories. Okay. Next question. What to do when you're full on some days and don't feel hungry, but yet still have calories left? In this case, you need to take notes on what you had for the day and plan... Wow. We would get a call on a podcast. Um, what you need to do is plan better for the future. So have things on hand that are easy to digest that are small in volume. That could be juices or bars or nut butters, um, higher fat meats. Think of the things that you cut out when you're dieting and then start incorporating these little by little. And you're going to find that you are easily hitting these calories a lot easier. Is it normal to have your appetite shift where you feel hungry some days and not hungry others? Absolutely. I know for myself, if I'm more active for the day, like maybe I um, went for more walks for the day or just had a lot of errands where I'm up on my feet and I worked out for the day, like I'm probably going to be more hungry that day. Or if like my period's just around the corner, I'm going to be more hungry that day versus days where like I'm on my cycle, I'm not moving as much, like my appetite make, might take a complete nosedive. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. 
it just is normal. It's normal to have appetite shifts. You're not a robot. You're going to fluctuate every single day. And don't shame yourself if you're feeling more hungry some days and not hungry other days. Just learn how to plan around it better. But that's today's episode. I hope that this was helpful for you guys. I know that a lot of people are wanting to implement in a reverse diet, especially since we are around the holiday season. So make sure that you are taking your time there. Uh, Check out the other podcast episodes. I've covered reverse dieting a handful of times and also podcast episodes pertaining to hormones because I did touch upon that within this episode. And guys, if you need more help when it comes to achieving your fitness goals, make sure you check out the coaching link down below where you can apply for coaching. Shoot me over an email. Let me know what you're struggling with and I want to help you achieve your goals. All right, guys, have a good one. Okay, guys, so if you are enjoying Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would really love if you could share my podcast up on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Beyond the Bikini Radio has been up for almost a year, and you guys know that I share a variety of content. Not only do I talk about mental health, physical health, competing, but other areas too with women's health, interviewing guests, interviewing bikini competitors. If you're wanting me to continue doing Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would just love to see some love back and you sharing the podcast. It makes me so happy seeing you guys enjoy it and it gives me a better idea of what type of content you guys are enjoying and what episodes you want me to cover in the future or what topics resonated with you. So again, thank you for being a Beyond the Bikini radio listener and keep on listening.